This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. The exception to the new rule would be in the last two minutes of the first half and the final five minutes of regulation. Does college football have a length problem? I know that's something that's been a heavy topic on baseball. Yes. Yes, they need to figure out some ways to shave to, to shave some time, particularly in some of these non-conference games. When I mean, you know the kind of games I'm talking about. We see them, you know, uh, every weekend in the SEC, where you've got a non-power five opponent playing against that. Where there's some some latitude when the game is past a say a 28. Let's just say 28. They use 35 in high school, but a 28 or 35 point margin in the second half, there's some latitude to move the clock along within the rules. Um, four hour games are too long um, because people lose their interest and, and they they click and move on to the next thing. People in the stands are ready to go. So, uh, but if it's an exciting game and it's tight to the end, no one cares if it's five hours long. The problem is they, they you know, and, and how do you determine which game is interesting, which game is not? I think point margin is, is one way to do it. But yes, there's some places they could shave off five or 10 minutes here and there uh, by moving the clock along when no one would really even notice. Well, you don't like the new overtime rules, but Hate that em. was with the intent of shaving off time. Well, they right? need to go back to and redo overtime and get it back to something that's not so so kooky and then and then go back. And I agree. I think on kickoffs, until the last two minutes of each half, when the ball is kicked, it's not much time, 
but it's five or ten seconds here. You know, how long is the ball hanging in the air? Five seconds probably on a kickoff. And you, you know, you can shave half a second off the game clock probably each half doing that. So, you know, no one wants less excitement, less um, less time to join your team, but I think there are some things that can make a four-hour day into a three-hour, 40-minute day. You think coaches would be in favor of this? Most of them? If you're ahead, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're playing with the lead, I think, I think this is about TV. It's trying to, because they're not, you know, you notice one of the proposals is not shortening TV timeouts. You know, they're not going to do that. They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. So where else are you going to get it? If not, this is going to continue to bloat. You know, if you, if you don't, it's kind of like, a, you know, if your waistline's a little too big now, but you don't change your diet and your exercise habits, and you just keep eating the way you're, you know, little, little over little, time time over time, you're, you're going to gain more weight. Well, that's exactly what's going on with college sports. Over time, we can't fit what should be a three-and-a-half-hour game into a three-and-a-half-hour box. We've bloated out to four hours, and they got to fix that. JT and Hot Springs brings up something I was going to ask. He, the seven-minute reviews, should they limit the amount of time that officials can look uh, at? And I say officials, the replay review, wherever it is, well, depending on the conference, should they limit it to two minutes, three minutes? Because what, there what are times. What if the time limit means they don't get it right for your team, and then there's an angle? I, I, I don't, I don't care for that. And I look at that through, through a little bit different lens. Here's my opinion on replay: first half replay that doesn't involve scoring, and you know, there's there's some some stipulations I'd put on it. Maybe you, maybe you quietly try to limit that to 90 seconds. We get down to the end of the game, and we got a game deciding call. Take all the time you need. I don't want the game to be decided incorrectly on a replay because we were in a hurry to get out of here. Well, I think it's what you said about the kickoffs is you have a certain set limit. It's basically what you said. The time goes off on kickoffs until the last two minutes of the first half, last five minutes of regulation. I think the same could be said because sometimes replays, as you know, take an extreme amount of time. But if you don't have that limit, as you just said, in well, a specific time of the game where it means the most and it's really hard to reverse a, what some perceive to be a bad call, I think fans would understand yeah. that philosophy. Here's the problem we have with replays. Fans, we assume that referee walks over, puts that headset on. He's looking at the monitor but not making the decision. We assume they have all the takes, all the angles, all the different uh, looks at the play immediately like that. We think all that time is just wasted over there, everyone looking at the monitor and deciding dinner plans. Well, I mean, you get over that monitor, and sometimes the, the TV truck who's trying to get you all the angles you need or zoom in on something, make you know, make it easier for you to make the correct decision, doesn't have what you need. You're waiting on them. Um, that's oftentimes part of the delay in replay. Is It's not the officials waiting for that. And now with the replay center, you got the people in the booth, you got the referee on the field, you got a replay center, uh, it, it, depending on where your conference is at. You know, sometimes they're looking at another place somewhere else. And there's only so many of them play. If you get two or three replays going coincidentally at the same time, that slows down the process. Sean and Rogers and Ryan and Conway talk about the commercials being too long. Like Tommy just said, they're not going to uh, bite the hand that feeds you. And you think about all the television money that we talk about with ESPN, with the Big Ten and, and Fox and CBS. They're not going to take away potential revenue so they can get that revenue in return. I Conferences think, just won't do that. I think in the end, nothing changes. We still have four-hour football games, and, you know, I don't hear this complaint. I mean, it's a complaint in games where it's 38 to nothing, and we can't seem to move the game along. When the game's a one-score game, did anyone care how long 
The Arkansas A&M game took on Saturday should night. There, should, I didn't hear that as a complaint. Should there be a mercy rule like there is in high school football when you I hit, think, hit I his, think that should be on the table. I think that absolutely should be on the table. That it, running, Explain to me, because I've seen, again, it's been a while since I've watched a high school football yeah. game here in Arkansas. Explain to me, is it 35 it's points? 35 points in the second half. So beginning with the third quarter, the score differential is 35 Running Essential. clock outside well, of timeout. There's some, well, first downs, penalties, injuries, cold timeouts, obviously. Uh, by rule, they stop. Sometimes a coach that's down 35 will just say, hey, I don't care. Run it. Uh, just go. Just, just go. Run it during the timeout. I don't care. Go. You know, so sometimes that, that will occur. But, uh, you know, there are a few administrative stops along the way. But, um, but yeah, that, that, that will speed the game up. I think there's at every level when we are – Outside of the last two minutes of the first half, and the ball goes out of bounds, you know I don't see because the, here's the thing: these teams today at the high school level, the college level, even the NFL level, now they don't spend a lot of time. I mean, it, it's it's up tempo, it's hurry up for the most part. Winding that clock is not going to drastically change the game because we just don't have that many teams that move at a slow, deliberate pace anymore. Most teams are like Arkansas. They want to at least get to the line of scrimmage. I mean, freeze their opponent, but there's not a lot of slowdown football anymore. It's up-tempo. It's quick. It's not Arkansas gets the line pretty quick, and so they don't snap it at the same rate as, say, Josh Heupel's Tennessee Volunteers, but it is pretty stinking fast under Ken O'Brien's. What do you think? 877-377-6963. We're talking about this morning, just in case you're jumping in with us on a Toyota Tuesday, the idea of college football speeding up and even on incompletions, them resetting the ball and then running the clock as soon as that happens because for some, but as you just said, the good games, no one complains, it's the blowouts. That's why I think a mercy rule should be intact at some point because I think that would expedite the process and quicken it. But then what do you do about the commercials, right? That's well, what you also... TV can still shut it down anytime they can want. Can they? Okay. I mean, pretty much. Anytime there's a change of possession, a punt, an injury timeout, I mean... TV can pretty much take a commercial break, it seems like. It feels like. I'm sure it's not the, the actual fact. Pretty much any time they need to. You know, you get a player go down with, a, with cramps or an injury or whatever. You know, the referee will look down there to the red hat, the guy that's – now they have that light pole or the, the, yeah. the, the, the digital display with the time on it. I think that's really a great addition to SEC games. They do that in the NFL as well. It just lets everybody know, hey, we got two two minutes and 25 seconds till we come back. Let's the teams know. It lets the referees know. It lets the fans in the stands know. Hey, here's how long I got. And uh, I think that takes some of the anxiety out. I think that's 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 a really nice addition the last, what's that been, probably three years ago by the SEC. I, I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think the CBS, to me, it feels like those have the most commercials because I guess they're trying to make the most bang for their buck with the one SEC game each week. So I, I did see constantly. I'd walk, I watched the those guy try out longer. there in yeah. Jerry World on Saturday night and see him put out his three minutes of commercials. But I think it's going to be it's going to be like three or four. It's going to be even longer. I think on Saturday afternoon in Fayetteville. I don't know that the breaks are longer. I think they're more frequent with CBS. Are they? Okay. Um, I, you know, it does interrupt the flow. But listen, we can't on one hand want the the TV check and, yeah. and that money the conference distributes and that check just continues to grow and, you know, 50 million, 60 million, 80 million. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. You can't want that. And then also not, you know, th- this is this is where you pay part the piper. This is part of it is is commercial breaks. I don't hear anyone complain about length of game when it's a good game. It's when a terrible game that's 42 to 7 takes four hours. That's 
where the complaints come in. So I don't, when you're entertained and the game is good and your team is in it, particularly if your team wins, nobody really complains about how long the game took. I want to ask Tom Murphy's opinion on this and probably get Bruce Stins on this a little later. And again, you can jump in here at any point at 877-377-6963. It's a Toyota Tuesday. Tommy Kraft, Ty Richardson. Tom's coming up at 8. Bruce is coming up at 720. So Coach Pittman was with the media yesterday. And I know a lot of you had opinions on how the offense either executed or was called on Saturday night. At times it looked great. Other times it was a little iffy. Here's what Coach had to say when asked about the question of balance within his football team. You go into a game basically thinking that you're going to be about 50-50, 50 run, 50 pass, and you have your packages with different guys. But then during the game, you you go with what what's working for you, you know, and there's always that fine line where you go, well, just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, and then and you're setting somebody up for something else. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And they've been able to set teams up this season with the deep ball because they've been pounding them on the ground over and over. It's not three yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, they're getting at some point. I don't know what Arkansas is averaging rushing the football this year. I do know Rocket Sanders is leading the SEC right now with over 500 yards. It's pretty wide. I think he's at 502. The next best guy is I don't even think it's, I think it's a little bit over 400. It's one of the Ole Miss running backs. They've got a really good rushing attack as well. Zach Evans and I think the other guy's name starts with a Q. But Arkansas has been dominating the line of scrimmage this year, and you hope they can do that at points at this game on Saturday. But balance is a funny word, right, Tommy? Because no one was disappointed in the balance Arkansas had against South Carolina. But they just, I mean, they just ran the football. I don't know what the differential is was on pass and rushing, but I just 74% this this past week against A&M. They ran the ball 74% of the time. But that's not what people were screaming at their TV. Run the ball, run the ball. When I, you know, I put some on Twitter. Run the ball. It's the situations where you come in and you get cute. That's that's the word I hear from more people than anything. You get cute with the play calling in a moment where you just been pounding it down their throat. That's the problem people have. Is hey, we just ran it seven times in a row for a seven yard average. What the hell are we doing here with a triple reverse, double Statue of Liberty around the world? If, if this, this isn't a game of horse, you know, th- that's the problem. And, and it's not the one game. We've seen it repeatedly over and over and over every game or two where there's this moment where we just got to get cute. And that that's the that that's where fans are upset because you just seem to be rolling downhill and, and, and you were the big steamroller and there was nothing that A&M was doing to stop you. And we all feel pretty confident if you go up 21 nothing, that game's a whole different ball game from a mental standpoint, from a morale standpoint. Who's who's beating who? I think Arkansas is on a high and A&M's on a pretty low uh, pl- uh, plateau there if you go up 21 nothing, And you got cute, you know. Well, here's the, the two points I would make off that. One, you can't run the ball every down because at some point, a defense alignment or linebacker is going to get home. It's going to put you behind the chains, and you're going to not complete a third and long. Two, I would say that the whole idea that we've been presented, at least from the outside looking in, is that Kendall Bryles and Sam Pittman told Malik he would get an opportunity to play wide receiver and be a part of the offense, right? That's what we've assumed 
And I think Coach Pittman has said that, right? Correct? I think assumed. I don't know that he's completely Has he not said that? Okay, so we're assumption, right? I mean, we know he's been working with wide receivers. That's that's the obvious. So that being said, they're still, they don't want to lie to the kid, right? You don't want to tell him he's good. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Let me finish. Let me finish. So they're trying to still incorporate him based on what we think what was said in the offseason, which may or may not have been said. That's all that's fine. That's what I'm just presenting the but don't do potential. It. You just ran it six times for 47 yards. So when yards. are you supposed to do it? Not when you're on a damn scoring drive. So uh, Not again, in the middle of, of going. You just ran it 14 times for 71 yards in the first quarter. That's five yards a carry. Then you take off in the second quarter. This is the drive where the Hornsby stuff happened. And all, you go for 47 yards in six plays. You're at the A&M 38, and now we're just going to change gears. We're going to do three plays in a row that just were kind of, I mean, the first one was a pass. K.J. missed it. Then we do this run thing. We lose a yard. with, with it. Now we're just going to snap it to Hornsby. We, we, we got ourselves away from the identity of the football team, which is running the ball. You got to be good at one thing. You got to have something that's your calling card. What is it for Arkansas? It's running the football. It's handing it off to Rocket. It's your quarterback taking off and making things happen. It's using the spread to move everyone out of the defensive box and then your your quarterback finding nine yards. That's who you are as a football so, team. Hey, Why did you get okay. away from that when you were headed to the end that, zone that, to score the football? That's all well and good. What happened in the third quarter as a running football team? What happened? Are you speaking of this third quarter? What happened to Arkansas well, in the third first quarter? First of all, they didn't get the ball because the defense couldn't get off the field. They only had the ball in the third quarter, what, three minutes? But what happened in those drives? You tried to run, the, and they couldn't do anything, Tommy. Well, they, they the, no the, the identity that you're talking about is all well and good when it works, but what happened in that third quarter? A&M got a push on both sides of the football, and you didn't do anything. Ty, for so, the game, they ran it 54 times. I, I, I realize that. 244 Tom. yards. I realize, this is a running football I, team. I'm not arguing that, but what happened in that third quarter? Your identity wasn't there. Well, I'm not so, saying every play is going to work. I'm just I, saying when you have when you have your opponent on the ropes, you don't let up. I'm, they had them on the ropes in that sequence on their way to a 21 nothing lead, I'm, and they took their foot off. The I'm case. not disagreeing with you, but you didn't answer the question I asked you. You, I asked you, when do you feature Malik Hornsby? And you said not there. So when do you feature him at the beginning of a drive? Do you feature him when you're blowing him out? That's the question because that's what Kendall Bryles has to contemplate. And I know you can't appease every ego in that locker room, but if you can't answer the question, I, I want an answer on that. Well, it's when not my job feature, to answer when but, uh, you put him in. I just know where you don't put him in. You know, do you put him in, like I said, up 21? I, do you start the game off? I, there's no question in anyone's mind watching the game. That's the sentinel moment where things change for oh, that offense. Yeah. Or the so fa- you, can't, you can't sit here and say, hey, you went from running it down their throats, moving the ball at will, four, three and outs for A&M. You had it rolling both sides of the ball, right? And then that's the moment where everything seemed to, to change well, and go I, an alternate direction until you kind of regathered yourself in the fourth quarter. All I've heard fans bitch about this season is they're not using Malik enough, and then when he comes in, that, why is he I, in? I, it, I mean, that's, that's come not, on. No, that's that, not, come no, on. What do we hear about all offseason? Yes, that's no. exactly what I've heard is that we're not featuring Malik enough. In the first there are three some games, that want to know, but I don't. In hear the first three games, that. that's all we heard when he would just get spot plays, and then in this game, when you try to utilize him, as you just said, in a very true statement, 
on your way to score because I agree with you. I thought they were going to score. I thought they were going to score on the last drive if the the snap hadn't been uh, had not got, had gotten back to KJ. But we know what happened on that second and five. So again, I asked the question that no one has answered to this point. Not just you, but anyone else. When do you feature this kid? Well, here's the reality. Who's who's the best quarterback on this team? KJ Jefferson. So you just, is it even close? No. Okay. How many wide receivers are on your starting rotation? Three: Warren Thompson, Jaden Hazelwood, and Matt Landers. Why had Malik one of those? I'm not saying I'm not advertising. So what, that. No, but what we're what we're talking about is let's shoehorn and feature a player that's clearly not the best quarterback, and I think there's question whether or not he's even truly the number two quarterback. And this said, I mean, and he hasn't been able to win a starting role at wide receiver. Football is a meritocracy. You earn your snaps. You earn your playing time. You get on the field. You don't get featured just to keep a player out of the transfer portal. That's not what you do. I, you put players on then, the field and you call their number because they deserve the opportunity. Then has he deserved what he's been given the first four weeks? If that's, Have you if seen that's any evidence of what he has gotten that's been positive yards and positive uh, in a positive in a, in a big moment have you seen anything been, no no so i mean football That's, is a meritocracy you don't just hand people plays you don't just hand them snaps they walk, earn them then, okay and then. clearly based on depth chart based on snaps he hasn't earned okay, that why does he keep getting it then i can't answer that question only kendall <laughs> then, Bryles and sam Pittman then again can tell you it why. goes back to my original point if i had to guess and this is just a guess. I don't even know if it's an educated guess. Sam and Kendall told him in the offseason, we will feature you in these certain things. That's why this has happened, because you just laid out that you don't think he's one of the best. And I would probably agree with you, because he play, he's played quarterback. And you can't just go from being a, a, a really good high school quarterback to all of a sudden this out. And some guys can do it. I don't know if that's in Malik's arsenal at some point. So again, you've just made my point. Because what I've said is, I think there was an understanding between the coaching staff and Malik that this was going to happen. That's why, again, there ha- and they've had some positive plays. They had a couple in the South Carolina game, uh, one or two in the Cincinnati, but it ha- and they didn't really feature Missouri State. And then we, you just laid out the three plays against Texas A&M. That's what I'm saying. That that that's, that's why fine. it's getting pushed in there. Just pick your spots better. But what? Uh, that's again, my point. You, keep, you don't do it in the middle of a successful drive. You keep okay. So you don't feature him. That's what I keep asking you, but you don't have an answer. And no one. And my and, answer is not there. But that's you don't not do it after you've just. That's went. not an answer. That, that is an answer. No, that that's is, not. It's obvious you don't do it there. So do you start him out on it? That's what. That's what, again. That's what I'm asking. Because okay, do you think he should play at all? Answer that question. Should he play at all? Right now, when the game is on the line, no, 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 that's not what I asked. I said, no, should no, he could, play no, there's, all? there is a difference. There's a difference between playing when the game's in balance and when the game is I, decided. That's not what I asked. Should he play at all? Yes, but not in that okay, moment. But, okay, again, when should he play? You have yet to give me an answer on which. Not like, when the game is. I, t- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Trying to be decided. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Believe B L E A V fifty. That's Believe B L E A V five zero. Bet online where the game starts. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Apparently it is morning show host day. All right. I'd say that was a decent morning segment based on the 39 unopened text messages, the four <laughs> calls we have on waiting, the, the opinions that people want to share with us as we get going here on hour two of a Toyota Tuesday. I didn't know they had morning show host day. Me I'm neither. for it. And someone needs to shower us with gifts and, you know, accolades and, and free breakfast. <laughs> it's what we need more than anything this morning. And we're brought to you by the Fitz Man. Do you own a business that needs more security or maybe a better look from the street, more curb appeal for your business? A new Fitz from the Fitz Man can give you both. They've been around for more than 40 years, and the Fitz Man can custom install any kind of fencing, gates, and controlled access systems for your business. Call the Fence Man now. They have 18 months, same as cash financing as well. 479-782-3936. At 782-3936, the Fence Man. He ain't afraid of no work. All right, so we have, again, four people on hold. So I need these takes to be quick. Tommy, Texarkana, you're up first. Go ahead, man. Hey, Ty, how y'all? We're good, man. Hey, listen, Ty... I absolutely agree with you that there's a deal cut and that uh, he's been promising playing time. But this morning, Tommy is 100% right. That was the wrong time, the wrong place. It's not about being fair, and it's not about uh, uh, dealing with what what has been cut, what has been uh, agreed upon or not. That absolutely killed the, the momentum. Other than the uh, other than the, the fumble and the touchdown, the return touchdown, it was absolutely the wrong time, the wrong place. It's about what's right and what's wrong. It's about winning the football game. And then last, I'm going to say that this is not upward football. It's SEC football. <laughs> it is a bad call. Tommy, you're right. Ty, great. I'll tell you what, you're really coming into your yourself. I've gotten a lot of compliments from people about how you've grown the past few years. You have a bright future. But you're 100% wrong this morning. Love y'all. Y'all have a good day. Thanks. Appreciate it, Tommy. So, and I didn't disagree with what Tommy said about that moment and being at the right time. I've just, and no one's answered my question yet, is do you play him? And if you do, when do you play him? You can answer that, JW? Uh, I think I can. And again, Ty, you are dead right on in your assessment of this. And I agree with the uh, former caller. 
it seems like every show you get stronger in your beliefs. Here's how I think we should do it. How I think they should do it. And this has to be a joint decision between Browse and Pittman. If we get the ball in our territory of plus 40, even into the edge of the opposing team's territory, then it's the time to insert him from play one and run him until things don't work. And when I say run him, have him be part of the offense in the shotgun. At that doesn't quarter, mean... At quarterback? That doesn't... At running back, wide receiver. What? As a quarterback, running back, whatever they, however they decide to use him. But what, I, what the problem is, is he's, it's been so predictable when he comes in, what, that, those plays don't have a prayer. Uh, but if he comes back there and hands it off three times to uh, uh, to KJ, what the heck, what are they going to do now? And then all of a sudden he hands it off to KJ and KJ throws it to the tight end. Now the defenses have to start thinking about other things. Now all they're thinking about is he's going to get the ball, so let's just clean his clock. When we- and I think, uh, J.W., your point, you kind of want the – we always talk about having a running back to the left, a left and a running back to the right. I know a lot of people were saying that with Dominique and Rocket last year. He wants KJ to the right and – Malik to the left, Tommy. I'm of the belief if you're going to bring Malik in and you're going to find a package or a situation for him, it's got to be running the football. They tried that on second down. It got blown up. He lost a yard. They tried to pass it to him on the first one. Didn't work. I think KJ probably missed the throw as much as anything. And then you tried to, I assume, run it with him on that direct snap. But I'm of the belief, it is my opinion, that Malik's strong suit is not throwing the football. I think from everything we've heard from people that have watched practice, everything that's kind of been said and written and and stated about it, running is his game. It is not throwing. He struggles a little bit there, and we know KJ isn't. You know, running is his game. Passing in in certain uh, distances is not his strength. So I don't know that you put him into you know as JW said, throw it to a tight end. I don't know that he. I don't think he consistently complete your 15 or 18 yard route to a tight end. Next caller, Dakota, Mount Ida, home of the best pie in the world in Shangri La. What's up, Dakota? Hey, I'm telling you, that pie is as good as it gets. Guys, first of all, uh, I listen to you every morning. We actually live in Mina, and I've, I've got a 30 minute commute to Costine High School every morning, and, and y'all do a fantastic job. What uh, I want to touch on with the Malik uh, Hornsby. Um, this is kind of how I feel about it. Either we need to stick him at receiver, and he needs to go to work with the receivers, or he needs to play backup quarterback. Now, I tell you why. We, you bring him in in that game, right? You're trying to get him touches. Maybe it's to make him happy. I don't know. But he clearly wasn't comfortable, I felt like, catching the football. Uh, he, does, he doesn't look normal out there to me. So if he's going to be that, we need to stick him in receiver, not worry about getting him hurt. He needs to be taking reps. You know, he, he's fast enough to do it. If not, we don't need to baby him and, and, and put him at quarterback. You know, he's signed up to play SEC football. There's a starting quarterback and there's a backup quarterback. And that's just kind of how I feel about it. And, you know, if we lose him, we pick up the next guy down the road. I don't think he's a generational type quarterback we can't stand to lose. I don't want him to go anywhere, but, but you know, Tommy's 100% right. When you're talking about killing the momentum, think about what the linemen are thinking. They just drove twice down the field, do whatever they want to, and then Browse kind of, you know, pushes them away and says, hey, we're going to get fancy and trick plays. I, I'm not, when you're up 14 nothing. that's not the time to get fancy. That's just my opinion. I hope y'all boys have a great day. 
and uh, enjoy this fall weather. Appreciate the kind words, Dakota. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's the essence of the point I've been making. This this isn't about Horns being whether or not he should get on the field. I mean, to me, it's clear he's not the starting quarterback because he's not starting quarterback. Yeah, and he's not a starting wide receiver because there's three others that consistently, and I would say four, Keytron yep. that play ahead of him. So again, this is a meritocracy. That's what football. There is no greater meritocracy in our world than a football field. You're either good enough to play and you get the snaps, or you're not. And you don't try to shoehorn in something, in my opinion. And you may be right. It may be about keeping him out of the portal and keeping him happy and fulfilling a promise. Fine. Do but, that some other spot. Dakota's but, right on, too. You had momentum. You were driving it down their throat. That's just not the time and place. Based on your logic, I'm going to use my logic and say that might be the only reason he's playing consistently. And I guess it's the allure of, well... If all eyes are on Malik, maybe KJ can get a lane, Rocket can get a lane, Dominique, whoever's in there running back. But to your point, I I would say there's at least four wide receivers that are better. I'd have mm-hmm. to go up and down that list. I know Jaden Wilson, the redshirt freshman. I can't think of the other backup that's kind of in that other spot right but now. There's but there's at least four. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. NoHouseAdvantage.com Promo code HTL You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Can the Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East? I was hearing some conversation about Dak Prescott's timeline when he'll be back. Cooper Rush now 2-0 this season, 3-0 as a starter for Jerry Jones's squad. Philadelphia looks pretty potent right now. They are a good football team. That offense, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, that is a tough out for Dallas in a couple weeks. As we welcome in Bruce Dan to Pradco Fishing, who is a Washington Commanders fan. Bruce, what do we think about the chances of Dallas? coming up, too. Yeah. Is it this next weekend, or is it the week? Is that in Washington, or is it in Big D? Okay. What do we think about the chance the Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East. How slim are they? Well, I mean, it's, look, it's looking better. I mean, you, you're you're off to a two and one start. You got the best defensive player in the NFL, Micah Parsons, and you know Cooper Rush in this uh, probably scaled down, more run oriented offense uh, seems to be working. The problem, like you said, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I wasn't so in, as much impressed, and I watched the game Sunday when they. Why? And my my wife calls 
our new team, the Commodes, instead of the Commanders. So I, <laughs> I have to deal with that now. But uh, I don't like the name, but we're stuck with it. Uh, I do like your Commander's coffee cup there with the uh, the Washington State symbol there. On that. <laughs> that's a sweet coffee yeah, cup you got yeah, there. Yeah, that, that's, that's not good. But, uh, you know, we, we gave up 10 sacks against that uh, front four, front five, whatever they were running, and uh, that, that was pretty ugly. So I, I think Dallas – uh, the Giants, they're going to have their work cut out uh, containing that rush. And then, uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts is uh, looking the part with A.J. Brown. That, that guy's a snatcher. Uh, I think the Titans are really going to miss him this year because he's a lister uh, for a receiver. I think the deal with Dallas is I want to see how they compete against Philadelphia that first game. Not to say that would be the, hey, one way or another, I'm going to make a decision on them. But I have been... A little more impressed than I thought I was going to when Dak went down. I thought their season was just going to fold. Now they're 2-1. and one. They're at least competitive right now in the NFC East. We'll have to see how it ends up playing out. But for all you Dallas Cowboys fans, I think you're a lot happier this morning than you thought you were going to be after that first game. What, what are you going to do with Russ if he goes 3 or 4-0? Oh? That's a great question. I mean, how can you pull him? You're going to get more for him on free agents. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get something back in the trade market is what you're going to do. I don't know what what's going through Jerry and Steven's head right now when it comes to that because people were saying, oh, Dak's not listening. When Tony comes back, he's it's going to be his job. And then, sure enough, Dak played. We're talking about flow this morning with Malik and the offense. It's the same thing with personnel. Man, if the guy's flowing, do mm-hmm. you pull him? I, I- – I would think the thought in Jerry and Steven's mind is, man, we're going to get, we're going to be able to trade him for something. We got, we got more than we, when we bargained for on the trade market out here, we can fill in somewhere else uh, that we need. So that would be, uh, that'd be my thought on kind of where they're, they're thinking the, the end game is with Cooper Rush. Uh, that's for sure. All right. That's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. All right. Tommy, let's go ahead and get into your music still with the uh, power rankings all right not a lot of movement at the top a little bit of movement at the bottom there i think there's some interesting games that happened this weekend but some some interesting games coming up georgia stays at one alabama at two georgia had a sluggish win over kent state but you know it's 39 to 22 I, you know anyone really believe they're still not the best anyone want to say that, that they're they, the best yeah they're the best all right bama at two they dominated vandy you know they're going to get a good test, I believe, this weekend at Arkansas. Hey, we'll Van, find out Vandy did it. score for the first time in uh, seven years against Alabama. That was quite an accomplishment. Yeah. All right, I still got Kentucky at three. They were a little anemic against Northern Illinois, thirty-one to twenty-three. They play Ole Miss Saturday. Uh, it's a big game, big game for Ole Miss, but uh, Kentucky four and zero. Tennessee stays at four. I'd like, I'd like to have moved Tennessee up. I thought that was an impressive win, even though they kind of tried to give it away at the end. But Tennessee is now number four. Uh, in my SEC rankings, best win of the weekend versus Florida, 38-33. Hendon Hooker, 349 yards. He's probably right now, in most people's estimate, I would say the number two quarterback. And he's honestly maybe playing the best this year. If you take away the Heisman Trophy and all of the things leading up to this year with Bryce Young, and you solely based it on this year, I think you could easily make the case Hendon Hooker's having the best season this season. They gotta, I want to see what he does in Athens. And they've got, obviously, Alabama coming to town. But I told you, before the season, I like where Tennessee sits when they play Alabama. Because Bama has to go through Arkansas this week, A&M and Tuscaloosa. 
and they play Tennessee and Knoxville. I like where that game sits on the calendar well, if you're a Tennessee fan. Here's the problem with Tennessee's schedule. I mean, we're all happy to be 4-0 and love the open dates. We've got two weeks to celebrate beating Florida for the second time in 18 years, so we're going <laughs> to live it up. But we got to go to LSU, then we got Alabama, then we got Tennessee Martin, then we got Kentucky, and then we're at Georgia. That's uh, That's four games. And, you know, I'm not going to dismiss LSU. You go down there and play a night game. Hope it's not a night game, but it'll probably be a night they, game. No, they put that at 11 o'clock. That's Woodward, awesome. Woodward, That's awesome. Woodward and them are hit. The that best night. time to play LSU. They don't even wake up at 11. They put the Deep South's oldest rivalry between Auburn and Georgia, which is going to be a bloodbath Good for at 2.30. Them. Just Good for T, I guess for But, Tommy, the TV ratings, people are going to turn it off to the first yeah. quarter. Well, that Tennessee-LSU game, I would think, is going to be close Till the end of the four. Yeah. All right, so Georgia one, Bama two, Kentucky three, Tennessee at four. I didn't have anywhere else but number five to put AM. I move them up one slot from six. They beat Arkansas. I mean, a lot of us feel like Arkansas gave that game away in a lot of cases, but I think I think this will be as high as AM has featured this season in any rankings amongst the SEC. With the Nye Smith going. Nye Smith gone, schedule moving forward. I could see them losing to Mississippi State and Alabama in a row. This might be the peak of the season right now as far as where we view A&M. I still think Arkansas finishes second in the West. And without Anaya Smith, there's that's a huge offensive weapon going for A&M. So enjoy number five, Aggie fans, while you, while you can. Move Arkansas down a spot to number six. Hey, you lose to A&M, you got to go down. You can't be ahead of them. Uh, but they've got a huge week, obviously, with Bama. You, you play well, you beat Alabama. You know, you may move back into the top three with a win like that. The, the only thing I'd say is sometimes when you lose, do you still feel like that team's better than you? I mean, on the eye test, do we really think Texas A&M is better than Arkansas? I don't. I don't think anybody in Arkansas feels nope. that way right now. And that's why we're so sick to our stomachs right now. You know what they called it on Five Bomb yesterday? The loss, and it hurt me that I laughed at this, but it's true. They call it the oink doink. <laughs> I, I mean, you're laughing too. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like I'm laughing that that's a painful, <laughs> funny joke at our expense. Well, it didn't actually doink it hit on top if you want to get tucked. Doink, doink. Uh, all right, so Arkansas at six. Got Florida up one to seven, even after the loss. They're 0-2 in the SEC East. That's a problem. But uh, they're better than the team. I believe Florida's better than the teams that are getting ready to come up in these rankings, which would be LSU at nine. I move Ole Miss down. I mean, pardon me, LSU at 8, Ole Miss at 9. Flip-flop those two. Ole Miss struggled with Tulsa, so I moved them down one, and I moved LSU up one. They were just a little more dominant. Ole Miss has a chance this week, though. It doesn't really matter because they're playing Kentucky. So they win that game, they go up, they lose that game, probably stay the same or maybe go down a slot. So LSU at 8, Ole Miss at 9 this week. You don't know how much Kiffin was holding back. You know, you don't feel like you need to show everything against Tulsa when you got Kentucky coming up. and You know, Kentucky, it's going to be a close game by the way they play. Their defense is elite. Their offense still has issues, but I, I think Kiffin, I, I just got to think he was holding some things back. Didn't want to show everything. Well, and it's going to be a different game against Kentucky. It's put up or shut up week for uh, for Ole Miss at this point. They played nobody. They are, they are undefeated. Point. They are undefeated, but they played nobody. LSU, like I said, beat New Mexico 38 to nothing. Jaden Daniels left with a back injury. Hopefully that's not severe. Nussmeyer came in after that. So, I mean, hopefully he's he's listed as questionable this morning on uh, ESPN.com. So, we'll see what happens there. 
Then from there, I mean, you bought it. Your 10 through 14 teams, I got Mississippi State. They play A&M. They could move up, but I got State at 10 because I don't think they're as good as any of the teams ahead of them, but I think they're better than South Carolina, Vandy, Auburn, and Missouri below them. So, big chance to move up. They were fairly dominant in the early game last week against Bowling Green, 45-14, but they haven't proven to me yet to be better than the teams I've got listed ahead of them. South Carolina at 11. They beat Charleston 56-20. to Again, they're 0-2 in the East, and it's not going to get, get a lot better for them. Vanderbilt, I move up after the loss. Ooh. Y'all been clamoring, hammering on me. Cards, letters, text, emails. Had a plane flyover. Said, move Vandy up in the power <laughs> rankings. We've listened. We heard. Vanderbilt is on a bullet to number 12 after a 55-3 to loss to Alabama this past weekend. They did, At least they scored. They scored for the first time in a long time, but you look at their losses. They lost to Wake Forest. They lost to Alabama. They're three and two. Mm-hmm. At least they look like they're doing some things positive, unlike your bottom two teams. Well, here's what they got going for them. This is exactly what you mentioned. Auburn and Missouri, they look so pitiful in that game. I bet someone at ESPN got called in on the carpet. How in the world do you put that game on big ESPN following college game day? Auburn and Missouri? I wasted four hours Ooh. of my life watching that. It was a, it, what was the line from Seinfeld? It was a loathsome offensive brute, but yet we could not look away. <laughs> That's what that game was right there. It was awful. It was terrible. So I've got Auburn at 13 just merely because they survived and won that game. After leading 14 to nothing in the first quarter, they went in overtime 17-14. That's it's pathetic. The Missouri, they're just worse. That's the only thing you can they're say. Just so worse. Who's Vanderbilt, Auburn, Missouri, my last three. Vandy moves ahead. Because I do think Vandy would beat Auburn and Missouri is, right is now. Is Drinkwitz on as hot a seat as Harson? Is Harson still on the hottest seat? I think they work together somewhere next year. One on <laughs> someone else's coordinator. Or they're both coordinators. Somewhere. Some, somewhere. They, they're both on Saban's staff next year as analysts. Something. <laughs> that's, that's, that's their destined future. Uh, because they obviously worked together in the past. So. They had a nice hug before the game. So. That was the highlight. So here they are, 1 through 14, Georgia, Bama, Kentucky, Tennessee at 4, then A&M, Arkansas at 6, Florida, followed by LSU at 8, Ole Miss at 9, Mississippi State at 10, then South Carolina, Vandy at 12, Auburn and Missouri, the bottom two teams in the SEC. Where am I right? Where am I wrong? That, that sounds like a good list to me. Uh, I, I, think, I think Arkansas's got a chance to, to move up. I think they got the greatest chance to make a statement this week. Is Arkansas better than Florida? Yes. Is Arkansas better than LSU? Yes. Is Arkansas better than Ole Miss? Yes. We're going to find out about State in a week or so. So that's where I've got them right now because I, I agree. I think they're better than those teams right now. I think they're honestly better than A&M, but I cannot put Arkansas yeah. ahead of A&M based on the results last week. Don't be one of those selection committee members that has a team in that beat it, that lost to a team twice or three times head-to-head. Yeah, I, I would agree. I don't have any pushback on that. Kentucky what? Should Kentucky be at three and Tennessee at four? Do I have that back? Yes. No, that, for right now, you need to have They've that. They've got a... I think on the line, and you would probably agree with this, line of scrimmage is Kentucky's strength over Tennessee right now, but... I, I know there's a hype for Will Levis, but I love that hooker kid, man. And he proved something in that game against Did you see Florida. all the signs at Tennessee on game day, I'm in love with a hooker? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I bet those were pretty uh, pretty fun. I could see. But there's t- some interesting NIL deals oh, man. <laughs> that kid's going to get. Yeah, he, he's – see what he does in Athens, see what he does in, against Crimson Tide, Nick Saban's defense, but – 
that kid can play. When you have a quarterback, we've seen it with one of our own in KJ Jefferson. When you have a quarterback with his skill set, that changes the entire complex of a team. And he was, I mean, he rushed for over 100 yards like KJ did in their game, too. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to this conversation we've been having because I think this is interesting this morning with Malik. How you play him, when you play him. I'm of the opinion that what you did last Saturday by shoehorning him in, injecting him into an offense that was rolling downhill, punishing their opponent on your way to a three touchdown lead, and then you take a kind of like that, kind of like Chevy Chase on a vacation. <laughs> we got to go on a little side trip over here to see the world's largest ball of yarn. That's exactly <laughs> what happened with this offense when we insert. Uh, Malik Hornsby into the offense for those three plays, not just one play, no, not just two, three that seem to derail the offense. This isn't about Hornsby. This is about the decision on when to play Hornsby. Bruce, when should he be a part of this offense and under what circumstances? Well, I agree with you and all the callers. Not at that point. When, yeah. when you're gassing people, you know, it, it reminded me, some of y'all might remember the Florida-Oklahoma National Championship game where Oklahoma was gassing them, gassing them, gassing them. And it seemed like every time they got inside the 10-yard line, oh, Sam Bradford's our Heisman Trophy quarterback when he let him throw the ball mm-hmm. instead of just pounding the ball in the end zone. And Florida ended up winning that game because uh, I think Bradford forced an interception. They had a, a four-down turnover uh, because they didn't go with the flow of the game. And Sometimes uh, you just need to let the game happen as it's happening. You don't you don't need to meddle with it. And I, I think that's I think that's what everybody's so upset about when you're pounding them. Why would you change that up? Why why do they need to be off balance? Because they're already off balance. Y'all y'all help me on this. I only know one in the last two or three decades one two quarterback system that's worked to a national championship. Or really, just a really good football team. That's 06 Chris Lee Tim Tebow Florida. And that was a very unique situation where Tim was a freshman, Leak was the senior, Urban Meyer somehow, someway figured it out. But, but they were I two diverse guys. I mean, yes. one would run, one would throw. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, there was a good reason for what yeah. they did. Chris was more the speed option guy. Tim was the power guy. Uh, there's not a lot of examples that you can think of in college football or the NFL, for that matter, where a two-quarterback system works. And that's not what Arkansas is trying to implement here they are trying to feature another quarterback within this offense that to this point has been difficult to figure out where he needs to fit in the See, what I, you call flow. I think what they have is they have a really good athlete they're trying to figure out where to put. They don't know if he's a wide receiver. They don't know if he's a quarterback. Could he run the ball? He's taught heavy enough to probably be a you know a guy that gets six or eight carries in a game on jet sweeps and end arounds. I mean – you know, you you just look at Hornsby. He's he, that's why he's so fast because he's he's thin. I don't you know wouldn't use the word frail, but he, you know what I'm I'm saying. He's not a guy that can take a lot of punishment. So I think what you have is a really really fast athlete that doesn't right now fit into really any spot where he can earn the playing time on a regular basis. I'm trying to figure out how to do that because they see the speed in practice, they see the 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 flashes of athleticism. Gosh, we got to find a way to get this guy the ball. Yeah. It just goes back there. to why why didn't you do it against Missouri State? Why didn't you do it against a throw in a throwaway game where you could see it in action unless you were just hoping to spring it on A and M. But you kinda of played right into their hands by doing that at that time. Dallas texting it and Coach Pittman talked about this yesterday. I was listening to his press conference that that one play on that third down where it was like the double triple reverse and Malik was supposed to get the ball back to KJ. Trey Knox was wide open. 
They just didn't execute the play. There was a missed block, a missed assignment, and that's why that play looked kind of clunky as it did. If you're going to run these type of unorthodox, razzle-dazzle type plays, the execution almost has to be flawless. And it hasn't necessarily been that when we've seen him featured in these different plays. Name me one. Since Kendall Bryles has, has been here, and I think he, listen, I like Kendall Bryles. I want him to be here a while. But name me, name me the, the trick plays and these razzle-dazzle, triple reverse, Statue of Liberty, around the world, the, these, these shots from horse and basketball-type football plays. Name me the ones that work. Yeah, one that stands out is Warren Thompson's pass to Traylon last year in the A and M game. I mean, I all right, name me two. <laughs> they had a, a fake handoff. I mean, I don't know what you want to call Razzle Dazzle. Well, I mean, you're talking about, but you don't know want to mean where there's throwback passes and yeah, they had in that same game. Just Traylon, got a long list in my head of successful tries in that in that department. Run the ball, <laughs> you know, just run the ball. I I guess let's okay. Let's look at it Saturday. Let's say that. You don't see any razzle dazzle, and all they try and do is run and run the run the ball, and they're unsuccessful against Alabama, which we hope's not the case. And then people are ripping Kendall Bryles for not being created enough on Monday against Alabama because that's what's going to happen if they are not able to run the ball against the Crimson Tide. You know what's going to happen? We're going to get calls on Monday morning. We're going to get calls on Hog reaction. He did not open up the playbook. Now, as of this week, we're getting calls that he's being too cute. Which I know as a fan base, we can't 100% be satisfied as the coaching staff. But it's it's a little give and take. And I get your, it's situational. It's situational is and where it, I'm coming and from. That, but to that point, and what I've been asking, if you're not going to use him in that situation, when are you going to use him? Or when are you going to use the razzle-dazzle at all? Do you just completely eradicate it from the playbook? Does Malik deserve to play at all? And right. I, I haven't necessarily got a fact, or not a fact, but a rock-solid answer from anyone this morning because people just want to complain because we lost the game. You can't script something like that. You shouldn't. I mean, it needs to be a flow thing. And if you're if you're winning the line of scrimmage, that's not the time to be, as we say as fans, cute or run a trick play. You keep pounding it and making them like it. If if, if you play Alabama and because they're bigger, faster, stronger, and they got more five stars than Texas A and M, and they're creating more problems on the line of scrimmage. Then you have to mix it up. If if you're failing to run the ball and, and your primary option isn't working, you know you got to do something else. But but just to insert that when you're dominating, uh, that's just you, not understanding the flow of the game. Yeah. We're not going to play any polka music next hour. Why not? flow because <laughs> what we're doing is working here right we're not just all of a sudden going to start playing polka music on the radio station you lost me for a second that's well, awesome. that's the point though i mean what we're doing here seems to work we've been doing this a while it seems to be getting no, us some first downs no, around no here. one's calling for polka music right i'm not just going to hey i think i'm gonna turn this thing into a polka so, station here in about the next hour for so you know that's not what we're gonna do i mean let me ask you this if they're unsuccessful on alabama running their base stuff and then he whips out some crazy stuff and it works. What's going to be the conversation? Because you can't, I mean, you have to beat Alabama. This idea that Arkansas is just going to line up and run on Alabama this upcoming week is, I think, a facade. You have to scheme, out scheme I, I them. I agree with you. You have to make these one on one catches and throws. They're not going to let you straight up beat you by, as we say, run the Dane ball. That strategy is not going to work on Saturday. No one said dang either, by the way, on Saturday. But what if you ran it six times in a row for 50 yards on Bama and they don't seem to have an answer? They can't get a substitution. You're running tempo. 
Is that when you bring in the triple reverse double statue of liberty around the world? No. You you do what on the next play? On play seven. You run, run the run ball. Off tackle. You do exactly what you got you to that point. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. You said it was a red out Saturday? A red out. So First time in stadium history, apparently. I've got to get my red, uh, that Tommy Bahama that I got the last time we were at the stadium shop. Uh, so uh, come join us. Big Creek Trading Company tomorrow. McClarty Daniels and stadium shop the rest of the week. One of the things about when we're on the road, we get to stay at the Inn at the Mill. They're at exit 69 off I-49 at the Johnson exit. One of our favorite places to stay. Always comfortable. It's quiet. It's clean. Uh, easy parking to the door on where you're at and getting to your room. It's unique. It's different. It's uh, eclectic. Might be a, a good word to describe what you get at in at the mill. Uh, there's history around the property. They got great places to sit, do some work on your laptop, read a book, relax. Uh, you'll like what you find at the in at the mill. It's it's got the personal touch. Time when we call and need a room, their their front desk is just awesome and getting people people set up. So whether you're headed up for the amp, Crystal Bridges, hey, think about basketball right now. Get that basketball schedule out. They don't do a two night minimum on basketball. There's some weekends or some weeknights you want to go. Stay at the end of the mill. That's where we stay when we stay in Northwest Arkansas. It's at the end of the mill. 443-1800 is their number. 479-443-1800. Or log online at inatthemill.com. Welcome in Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Tom, a big point of the conversation this morning, good morning by the way, has been about Kendall Bryles. What what is your assessment on his play calling this past Saturday? Yeah, good morning, guys. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Um, look, the, the top thoughts I had over the weekend, knowing you know that I was going to have this segment, was this: you got to keep everything in perspective. Um, Arkansas lost a game that really hurt their fans, and and honestly, I think back to Sam Pittman's three years, and how many games were like this, the, a game they probably should have won. They, they really should have won. They, they were the better team on the field. 
Um, and a couple of bad things happened with the fumble and so on. But, you know, the Auburn game, which was taken from them in 2020 on the road, and then the Auburn game last year, like that, that was a dud of a performance. And I think when you have an uh, unrelenting schedule, you just came off this Petrino game where the other team is super stoked. It's just hard to, to, to be there every week. And so you think of what Nick Saban does with Alabama, consistency of performance. So that's what you, you rely on so you don't get too emotionally high or low. And I think the Razorbacks are in a, you know, I, th- I think they're headed toward that mode. Uh, this one hurt. Um, and I, I understand. And that's why I asked the question of Sam Pittman yesterday that how important is it to have diversity in your offense? And I think you can look at the, the Dominic Johnson drive. So the score was uh, 14 to nothing, I think, at the time. And Dominic Johnson comes in, has some good runs. They get to the 38. And then, then the Malik Hornsby package enters. Well, look, I think, I, I think overall Kendall Browse is a – fine offensive coordinator. I think they have a system that's tough to defend, uh, a quarterback that operates it very well, and I get the fans' frustration that, you, you know, you rode the zone reads and whatever runs Dominic Johnson was ripping off to get to the 38. Why not just keep going with that? Well, it may have worked, but the Hornsby plays in practice worked. Um, I think and I think that's what your question revolves around. And why, why throw the, the double, potential double pass to Jaden Hazelwood? It lost yards. And they eventually converted on fourth down and, and scored. But um, uh, I, I get the fans' frustration on the, the series that we're talking about. However, um, you've got all these playmakers, and you want to you know, make the defense have to honor that and, and get these guys involved in the game. And I think right now, when Hornsby comes in, defenses understand if he's in the game, generally speaking, he's going to touch the ball. So you keep guys on him. Like, you don't go off of him. He was supposed to pitch back on the, on the second down play. He was supposed to pitch back to KJ. And apparently, you know, for a flea flicker, and Trey Knox was open. Um, but Texas A&M got some pressure early, and Hornsby decided to keep it. Uh, I think he's going to have to get more snaps. Think about their receiver rotation right now. It's basically four guys. Um, so you add Hornsby to it, run him deep sometime. If he's not open, you don't throw it to him. But at least, you know, there there are plays in the game where Hornsby's in where he's not necessarily going to touch the ball. And I do think – I just think giving him more reps is the answer to, okay, he's in the game, he's going to get the ball. And so that that's sabotaged that one series. But you've got to have diversity in your offense. You've got to have misdirection plays and things like that. I know they haven't worked to a good degree, degree, but as Sam Pittman pointed out, we all agreed on these plays. Kendall Browns is a great offensive coordinator, and, and it's what he's running is fitting the personnel. So, Dom, you referenced Dominique Johnson's name. He came back for his first game of the season. It, we kind of wanted to lean into that first carry, and after that started running like we know Dominique Johnson does. Tommy, what or Tom, what should his role be this weekend well it, it folds right into what i was just discussing you have your playmaker look kj jefferson touches the ball on every play and he um keeps it or throws it i don't know the exact percentage but it's pretty high and then if you add in Ro- uh, rocket sanders's runs you're talking about 70 80 percent of their plays have gone to those two guys right there 
Look, A.J. Green has run the ball very well. Rashad Dubinian had a fantastic run the other night. So they have a surplus of backs. Dominic Johnson, when he was in the games last year, was it was uh, a difference maker. So um, it, 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 it continues to be on Kendall Browse. How do we get all these guys' touches when, when you know, it's to our advantage when they have the ball? Um, and that's not the, to say, you know, Hazelwood and Thompson and Landers. Landers had one catch last week. Um, they have nice riches at receiver, and they're running into the issue of how do we get all these guys' touches. I'd like to see Dominic Johnson get six or eight carries in the coming days, in the coming games, um, until he's ready to go 100%, you know, we can lean on you. But how do you supplant Rocket Sanders as the lead tailback right now? It's, I guess they call it a, a good problem to have. Tom, from almost the initial moments following the game Saturday, this team talked about turning the page, not looking back, but looking forward to this Alabama game. How hard is that to do for this team this week? Well, it, I, it's somewhat difficult because you know what you left behind. You left the victory behind. And that's why your leaders have to, you know, and, and here's what happens. When they go into the meeting rooms uh, on, on, on Monday, they, uh, you know, they go over the film on what happened. Uh, here are the correctable errors. Here are the plays we made and we need to get better at. And Sam Pittman does a good job of And here's the great play. Here's great hustle, et cetera, et cetera. And then from then on, it's like, here's the game plan for Alabama. So, you know, when they're in the building and on the practice field, it's all focused forward. When they go to their classes and et cetera, they might hear it from fans. Man, hey, tough luck. You know, we could have had that one. And all that's true. Guys like us, we can speculate on 80% on what happened last week. It doesn't matter. But for them, I think, uh, I think they do, they've done a good job at, at, you know, pushing forward. Hey, they played Alabama a great game last year. If they execute well, if they keep the ball better, they'll have a chance to be in the game with Alabama. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but right now they're in a little bit of a lull on, on getting turnovers out and their ball security. Like, we all understand K.J. Jefferson is a really, really good quarterback. I mean, without him, the Arkansas, you know, could be languishing, but they're they're winning games with KJ Jefferson. But his ball security, mm-hmm. the Missouri State game, they got it out. You know, unfortunate tip and interception. And in this game, I, I I don't know if he was a little fatigued. You know, wasn't sure exactly where he was on the field, but it was just a mental error to jump from just inside the four yard line with the ball up. I don't think he'll do it again. But in that instance, it was a very painful lesson. And you think about that play. I don't think if there's no fumble, you just chalk that one up as a bad play because I think what gets lost in the conversation, it would have been second and goal had you not turned the ball over there and you got three more tries. And if nothing else, you milk the clock down, you kick a field goal at that point, and you're you know you're in a, you're in a better spot and, and perhaps you win the game. But it was first and goal on that play, and it's the, it's the fumble that we focus on and we should, but we forget that that play came on first and goal, Tom. It did, and, and look, I mean, that was the play of the game. I mean, you can say, oh, the kick, and I mean, but, but without that play, uh, yeah, you're, you're a second and goal from the three or whatever it may be, um, and the likelihood of them scoring a touchdown at that point is still very strong. And 21-7, I mean, even if A&M, you know, starts moving the ball a little better on offense, maybe they get back in the game. But at that point, Arkansas's confidence is up. 
And you, you think about what the consequences were. Instead of it being 21-7, now their confidence is down a little bit. A&M has momentum. And, you know, they do nothing with their next drive, and, uh, and A&M takes the lead on their first series of the third quarter. So it was, it was really huge in a lot of ways, on the scoreboard, psychologically, et cetera. Um, but you just have to, you know, try to get over that the best you can. And, you know, there's a lot of things that could have happened differently. I think if everybody on the field charges after the, the ball, then they probably get either Chapel down or Richardson down. I mean, Rocket Sanders did a good job tracking down Chapel, but I think he was going for the ball instead of making a tackle or, you know, just push him out of bounds or whatever. But he just held him up, and that allowed Richardson to get behind him and get the lateral and score the touchdown. Obviously, ball security at the goal line cannot be part of the conversation if Arkansas is going to have to have or have a chance to beat Alabama this week. What else has to go right for the Hogs to be in this game with four minutes to go? Yeah, staying on the field on third down, uh, getting ahead of the chains to a large degree. Um, honestly, I, I think you, you've got to win the turnover battle. You know, even if it's just two to one or something like that. But if you can do a 3-0 and like Missouri State did to Arkansas, then your chances have gone up. Uh, you got to do good things in the kicking game. Um, and, you know, they've been pretty solid there this year. Uh, they got to get a little bit more out of the punt game. And um, they've got to control Alabama's speed. The problem, to me, the biggest problem with facing the Alabama offense is it's almost like facing Arkansas in a way. You can... You can scheme up and get your pass rusher right on Bryce Young. I mean, dead in his sights. And he can twist, get out of it, and then suddenly you've got a broken play. Well, it's hard to cover um, after, you know, for five, six, seven seconds. And so if he twists out of a potential sack, A, he can run the ball and hurt you the way Max Johnson did last week or the way K.J. does to teams. And B, um, if, if a guy gets to an open space, then suddenly, you know, you're chasing and trying to tackle in the open field, and the Razorbacks have struggled with that. I think that's going to be a big issue for the Arkansas in this game. Is Alabama's going to flip the ball to their speed guys and get and get young because he's been running more into open space? And how do they rally to the ball? Bryce Young was elusive in that Texas game. He got hit, sacked, hurried a bunch of times, but he also in that final drive made a play or two where he thought Texas had him in the backfield. Wasn't able to. Tom, I think you asked Coach the question about guys out for the season, and he brought up Ladarius Bishop being out. We know the secondary has dealt with some injuries, him, Jalen on. How much does that impact with Day-Day being out for the year? Yeah, you know, I've heard some fans saying, you know, like, okay, Bishop is out. He wasn't having a great season. You know, guys got by him in the Cincinnati game and et cetera. But, you know, when he's when he is at his best, when he's healthy, He's uh, one of the fastest guys on the team. He had a great game against Alabama here two years ago. And so he's a piece, you know, to, to be a great team, he's a piece that can fit in and, and help you. So I wish him the best in his recovery. Um, it, it does impact their, their cornerback depth. You know, I would say right now that, that Chavis and Clark and McLaughlin are ahead of him at quarter, cornerback. But who's to say if he, he didn't get fully healthy and, you know, he needs to get his confidence back. Um, but it, it, the fact that Catalan is out, the fact that Slusher was out for a couple of games, that impacted Arkansas. You could see a difference in the A&M game in their tackling and some things Slusher did. So he's big time for them, and they just have to keep recruiting in that position and hope 
you know, their youngsters like Anthony Brown and Jalen Lewis continue to develop uh, Kiwan Parker and that starting next year, these guys are more into the mix and you just keep recruiting at that position. I don't doubt that Arkansas coaches continue to bring in good DB talent, but, but for right now, um, it's not like there's a waiver wire. You can't bring somebody else in. Um, you got to get better with the guys you got. Tom, last thing, Saban tried to hire Coach Pittman right after he got hired by Coach Bielmo. What did you think of his answer when he talked about he called his mom and didn't want to leave the guys right after getting hired? Well, these are the things that make Sam Pittman an everyman. Because when have you ever heard a coach say, I called my mom and she said, that's not the kind, I didn't, I didn't raise my boy to bail on his team, you know, five weeks in. I, I hadn't heard a coach say that before. Um, so that's why people embrace Sam Pittman, like what he stands for. And um, we had heard the story before that, you know, he wanted to be loyal to his, his players, but not the part where he called his mom. And I just, I, I don't know. I think he's, like people say, he's a great fit for Arkansas. Um, he, he wanted to be here. That's what sold Hunter Yurchek and that committee on hiring him. Um, he's, he's won the fans over with just how gritty and tough they are. And when you hear Nick Saban on a Monday press conference talk about how well, you know, how the team plays with, with grit, how, how they're tough, how they're a hard team to beat, all that is real. And Sam Pittman did it in two years, and, you know, that's why the fans aren't going in this game dreading, man, dang, Alabama again, we've lost 15 in a row. No, they're thinking, hey, if we keep the ball, if, if we execute, you know, if we tackle Bryce Young, We've got a chance to win this game, and that's what he's done. He's instilled a sense of, uh, you know, the potential to win big games like this. And his conversation with his mom ended much like it does with our moms and wives. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. He listened, he listened to what Miss Jackie had to say, yeah. and that's what he did. And, yes, and you know what? Yes, ma'am. You think about the trajectory of Arkansas football, that worked out well for the Razorbacks. Tom's always good to chat. We'll do it again Thursday morning. Get ready for uh, number two Alabama coming to Fayetteville. Indeed. Enjoy it, guys. All right. Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, one of the best. And uh, we're glad to have him here Tuesdays and Thursdays on the Morning Rush. Hey, what says relaxation better than the warm, bubbly water of a jet massage and that moto massage working up your spine on your back to make you feel better? A hot spring spa is the perfect way to start or end your day. Find yours right now with Burton Pools and Spas. The truckload of savings event is on right now. It's the perfect time to get a hot tub of your very own. They have a truckload of hot spring spas in stock and ready to deliver. And Burton Pools and Spas will have you soaking just in time for these cooler days that are ahead. And save right now up to $4,900 off on select hot springs hot tubs. They've got different you know, layouts, if you will, five seat, six seat, seven seat, four seat, different models you can choose from and easy financing with payments as low as $80 per month with approved credit. It's all at Burton Pools and Spas in Springdale and in Fort Smith and online at BurtonPools.com, your source for backyard fun for more than 44 years. College football, there's some thoughts out there that it could should get sped up and we broke this news kind of an hour number one officials contemplating on incomplete passes, resetting the ball, and then starting up the clock with the exception of under two minutes at halftime and the final five minutes of regulation. Now, many of you voice your opinions. We'll cut commercials, do this, do that, cut replays. They can't cut commercials because then they'll lose revenue. And Tommy and I both agreed on the mercy rule aspect. You're 
What should that point total be? 35 in the second half? Well, I think you um, should do some some statistical analysis. What's the what's the most anyone's come back from? What what are the odds of you coming back from 28 down, 32 down, 35 down? I think there's a there's a point where the math just tells you, history tells you, listen, if you're down X number of points, your odds are like 2% or less than that of coming back and winning the ball game. So I think you could do some things to speed the clock and the process up. Nobody cares how long the game goes if it's a good game. No one no one leaves when when the game's decided at the end like it was Saturday night. Yeah, we're mad about the outcome, but no one said, man, I'd have really enjoyed that Arkansas A&M game if it had been 15 minutes shorter. You know, it's about these games that drag on and on and on. Listen, TV's as much behind this as anyone because you know who doesn't like to have a bad game? You know, they don't want to keep televising these games. It's the networks as much as anybody that wants to be able to speed up games that get out of control. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.